This is Under the Hood, a Toyota Policy Drivers podcast where we take a look under the hood of the policies and politics that drive our nation and the auto industry. I'm your host, Donna Rudy, coming to you from Washington, D.C. Today's manufacturing industry is at its tipping point. Given the labor shortage, the ongoing skills gap, and the pandemic, manufacturers are working harder than ever to close the gender gap and encourage women to pursue manufacturing careers to address the workforce crisis. The Manufacturing Institute empowers women through recognition, research, and leadership, and each year they honor women who exemplify leadership in science, technology, engineering, and production in their careers, also known as STEP. This year, two inspiring women from Toyota, Sandy Knott and Rebecca Kamelev, will receive this year's 2021 Step Ahead Award for continuing to drive the manufacturing industry forward to the next generation. We are honored to have here with us today, Sandy Knott, Vice President of Administration at our Kentucky plant. Sandy, congratulations and welcome to Washington. Thank you, Donna. Good morning. Now, I know that our listeners would love to hear a little bit about yourself and how you began your career at Toyota. Let me think so long ago. Actually, Donna, on Friday, it's my 31st anniversary. Wow. Congratulations. When I started at uh, Toyota Motor Manufacturing Kentucky. And interesting enough, uh, 31 years ago, I just graduated school and wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And some friends told me about Toyota in Georgetown. It was in our backyard. I lived in Lexington. And I didn't know a lot about the automotive industry. I thought, why not? Give it a shot. So I actually applied as a production team member, not knowing what skills I could bring to the table uh, to an automotive uh, manufacturer. And fortunately, I was hired. I worked in the powertrain engine assembly plant, was responsible for testing engines of all things. I knew nothing about engines, but uh, started my career there. And then in 1996, I had the opportunity to start up the headquarters in Erlanger, Kentucky. I actually spent 10 years in uh, that headquarters location responsible for uh, project planning and management in PC. So kind of grew up in that organization as a specialist all the way to AGM level. And then in 2006, our friend Norm Buffuno and team asked me to come to Indiana, uh, where I was responsible for uh, production control and spent a couple years there. Came back to Tima in the height of the Lehman shock, responsible for allocating vehicles to our plants. Wow. So you can imagine yeah. that big challenge. We got through it. We persevered. And, uh, you know, eventually I, I actually migrated over to the HR organization working for Millie Marshall. She was definitely a strong mentor for me and um, had the opportunity to uh, work with her before going to Texas in 2013. Uh, responsible for the administration area and spent about uh, seven years there. And then recently in February, came back to TMMK as a VP of administration. You've definitely accomplished a lot and you've seen a lot of change in the industry, but women are still underrepresented in the manufacturing industry. I mean, they account for less than one in three manufacturing workers, despite representing half of the overall workforce in the U.S. What are the biggest misperceptions that women have about working in in manufacturing? And what are we doing to change this? I think the biggest misperceptions is that um, our plants, our factories are dirty and it's a man's world. It may be labor intensive and potentially work-life flexibility might be an issue for Mm -hmm. them or 
you know, just the perception of factory work in general. And, uh, you know, some of the things that we do to really change these perceptions, especially involve our recruiting techniques, you know, whether it's our, our hourly workers or our salary workers, we try as much as possible to introduce the plant to folks before they come there, uh, either through video or even kind of live go-and-see activity for folks who are considering working at our plant so that they can see it's pretty clean, mm-hmm. it's a pretty nice place, lots of females working in the plant. And, uh, you know, we also try to emphasize the advancement opportunity that's available. Right. You know, someone like me, um, you know, I grew up and our family didn't have so much money. And when I came to Toyota, 11-5-1990, it was life-changing. And so we really try to emphasize that to females that we're welcoming culture and we encourage gender diversity, a lot of opportunity for females. You know, as I mentioned, we, we have some really successful role models mm-hmm. that are in our plants and in our locations that folks can see and they can imagine being in those positions someday. With the industry undergoing such a rapid digital transformation and the pandemic accelerating the pace of change, what are some of the main challenges for women working in manufacturing today? Um, I think uh, certainly while we do have female leadership in place, we are still underrepresented. Folks just want to see themselves and see the possibilities. And I think certainly we have to work to continue to improve that representation. And I think also, uh, especially on the salary side, the degrees that are necessary to really be competitive in the um, manufacturing environment, the engineering degrees, we're still woefully underrepresented in universities. And I think uh, any female willing to pursue engineering, so much opportunity available in our plants as a result of that. Mm And what advice do you have for women thinking about entering the industry for the first time? Learn everything you can. You know, I always tell folks, raise your hand. Any chance you get an opportunity to get an experience, Mm -hmm. to learn, it is just that much, much more knowledge that you gain. And, you know, knowledge will help you be successful. Uh, it will also help you figure out what you're passionate about. Right. You may experience many different things, just as I did when I entered as a production team member. I enjoyed the job, but I knew I had a different passion. I wasn't certain. I didn't know the environment I was going into. And so I let the experience happen. Mm-hmm. And then I learned what I wanted to do or what I didn't want to do. And I think that's really the best way to understand What skills do you think are the most critical to succeeding in manufacturing today? So, especially for Toyota, um, problem solving, no doubt. We get lots of challenges every day and uh, we Kaizen, we improve processes, we make them better. But, you know, at the same time, I think certainly the ability to listen. Uh, People will see me take lots of notes typically because my listening skills are sometimes challenging. (laughs) So I write down the words so I can really Mm -hmm. understand them. Yeah. So I think listening is very important and just empathy. You just have to genuinely care about people. Right. We always talk about care and concern in our plants. And if folks know that you care about them, Mm -hmm. they'll run through a wall for you. So I think that's so important. So true. When you first joined Toyota, what was the manufacturing industry like and how has it evolved over time? I know you've done so much. Uh, in yes, the you know, that's, uh, that's a little bit of a loaded question because when I started back in 1990, we definitely did not see a lot of females. And, uh, you know, I think certainly um, 
you know, it has evolved and we see so many great leaders uh, like Leah Curry and Susan Elkington who are now running mm-hmm. these huge plants and they're very visible and they do an outstanding job and uh, people can see themselves. And mm-hmm. I think that's so important. Right. You've had such an impressive career path. What enabled you to get to where you are and what challenges did you encounter and how did you persevere through them? Well, probably it's a bit cliche, but uh, I think certainly hard work, commitment. I'm a highly competitive person, so it doesn't hurt that I always want to be the very best I can be. Uh, And then, as you mentioned, the perseverance in times when things didn't feel as good. And uh, you just have to kind of move through those to get to the next opportunity. But I had help from a lot of allies. Those folks believed in me early in my career, fortunately, because, um, you know, just like a lot of females, I thought I was confident. You know, certainly I wasn't as confident as I needed to be in the work environment, uh, especially in the automotive setting, which I didn't have a lot of knowledge about. So Mm -hmm. I think that really helped me. I don't think any of us are able to achieve success without help along the way. Who's your role model and how have they helped you along your career path? Ah, that was a good setup question, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, my my original role model was a man by the name of David Burbage. He was, um, at the time, general manager and eventually VP of the PPMA. He actually originated from TMMC, the Canada plant. Okay. Dave saw something in me that... I couldn't see myself. And he really worked hard to provide assignments and experiences that he knew would would really go a long way in my career. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he pushed me. Um, he introduced the kind of concept of work hard, play hard. Right. It's okay to work hard, but you got to play hard as well. And so I really picked up on that. But, you know, later on, um, you know, I just came from the Texas plant and Kevin Vocal, who's the president mm-hmm. there, amazing guy. He really supported my career and really pushed me and really looks at uh, his staff there as just partners, mm-hmm. you know, as, as part of the team. And uh, and certainly the folks I mentioned before, Leah Curry, Susan Elkington, couldn't leave out Millie Marshall. All those folks looked out for me and made sure that folks knew who I was and I had the experience and the opportunities to be visible, right. which is so important. So I'm sure you've celebrated major achievements along the way, but what's your most remarkable, proudest moment in your career at Toyota? There's been so many experiences, uh, you know, it's hard to to uh, think about one. I think first and foremost, I've been to Japan 37 times. Wow. I grew up in a small town, 7,300 people in Princeton, Kentucky. Never dreamed that I would get out of the state, much less the country. So, mm-hmm. and just the ability to do that. But, uh, you know, so that kind of gives you some uh, idea about uh, our exposure, if you will. And what makes me the proudest working at Toyota is watching people experience that same life changing situation and moment that I did when I came to Toyota 31 years ago. You know, working with just amazing people overcoming what we think are thought or insurmountable obstacles Mm -hmm. to do what we need to do. Just so many amazing experiences and opportunities I've had. Sandy, it's been such an honor to have you on our podcast today. I truly mean that. Congratulations once again. Thanks for all you do for Toyota and for paving the road for the next generation of women leaders in the auto industry. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. I appreciate it. 
And that's all for now, policy drivers. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Toyota Policy to get caught up on the latest news on the Hill and to keep the conversation going. See you on our next episode of Under the Hood, a Toyota Policy Drivers podcast.